I'm Michael Malley, and this is The Mindful Storyteller, where the subject always is stories. Storytelling, story reading, story listening, mindfulness, and the creation of the story space. Welcome to another episode of The Mindful Storyteller. And I am Michael R. Malley. And I'm Ollie Ren Erickson Malley. And this time, we're going to talk a little bit about folktales. Um, be mentioning Slovak folktales, or Slovakian folktales in particular. And uh, I'll read a little story about my travels in Slovakia uh, from many, many years ago. Uh, we'll begin with a quote. Um, and then I'll do the reading, and then we'll have a little chat. And afterwards, we'll, uh, Ollie will share the uh, <clears throat> further reflection, um, thoughts for the ongoing work. And, uh, and as always, we'll have the mindfulness bell. So you're invited to enjoy the sound of the bell. Slovak folk art has always abounded in Eastern Slovakia. The Eastern Slovakians are known as great folk singers and storytellers. Stefan Blasko, ABC Slovak Language, Volume 5, Slovakia, Geography and History, page 193. They explained to me beforehand who I was going to see. When we arrived at the house, they went into the backyard to fetch him. He had been working in the garden, of course, and he was wearing an old hat. There were actually cobwebs on the hat. It was like a dream. That day in 1987, with the old man and the cobwebby hat, was a pivotal one in my life. I was in the small village of Lastomir, in eastern Slovakia the village where my grandmother had been born in 1892. The 80-something-year-old man in the hat was my great-uncle Jan, my grandma's younger brother. Grandma Kasoni died in Texas in the late 1970s, about 10 years before I met her brother Jan in Slovakia. The last time my grandmother and her brother saw each other was when she was a teenager and he was a boy just before she left for America. They would never see each other again. Their children would never meet each other. They would never know each other's grandchildren until, in 1987, I met my grandma's brother and he beheld his older sister's youngest grandchild. 
He had not seen her or any of her descendants for over 75 years. My great uncle Jan and I held each other's hands and gazed at each other with tear-swelled eyes. There is much brokenness and fragmentation in our lives, in our stories, in our family histories. There are unknowns that will forever remain unknown. For some, there are many. Lorette Savoy speaks of walking through many untended, unnamed graves of African-American slaves. Here, family stories muted, made invisible, silenced by external forces, and Savoy feels as if part of me lay beneath fieldstones, buried by a whitewashed past. Whether our family stories are lost or stolen, there are longings for wholeness. Reaching out to touch bits of who we are and understand where we came from is the work of healing. It is the ongoing process work. It is the sacred labyrinth walk toward wholeness. My ancestors came from Ireland and Slovakia. Like all places, these lands are rich in story. I love folk stories and tales from all over the world. At the same time, the embrace of identity, or perhaps the longing for that embrace, draws me to Irish and Slovak tales and lore. There is warmth and delight in the thought that when I learn and share an old Slovak folk tale, I may be retelling a tale that Great Uncle Jan and Grandma heard as children, or perhaps their parents heard it, or perhaps their grandparents told the same story. So, as I'm reading this one, I'm thinking of, um, as I'm sitting here with you all, I'm thinking of the, uh, the differences in our backgrounds. The, uh, the sense, I have such a strong sense of um, ethnic identity, ethnic heritage. Whereas in your family, there's such an emphasis on um, um, kind of this wide open view of family and this wide open view of who you are, right? With, I mean, your parents and the foster care work that they did, um, your dad was adopted, your sister is adopted into the family. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the first, one of the first times we met and you asked me what my ethnic heritage was and that it wasn't even a question. I couldn't answer that. It, it was just, it was like a, <laughs> And that you, that was, that was interesting to meet you and your family. Cause I, I don't know if I'd really met, I wasn't close to anyone that was, you know, had a strong ethnic heritage and that you, you know, where you came from near Youngstown or outside of Youngstown. I mean, people identified as Irish or um, oh. Italian or, um, yeah. Yeah. No, sure. Like, I mean, if I think of my friends, I can almost, and I grew up in Struthers, Ohio, a small, bu a small suburb of Youngstown. And yeah, everybody you knew like, oh yeah, Mitch and Dan, they were part Italian, part Croatian. Um, you know, um, Brian and Kenny, they were Slovak and Polish. Uh, Dom, he was Italian and Slovak. Joe, he was full Slovak. Um, you know, Andy was Puerto Rican. You know, we just... 
everybody knew it was something that we talked about. It was a sense of identity. And part of that was, my gosh, many of us, like my grandma Cassoni, many of us had grandmas, grandpas walking around who had these accents, who had, you know, we were not that far removed from those lands. I mean, you know, we, we spoke regularly of, quote unquote, the old country, you know. And so, um, and, and, and I, so I think it's interesting, like, you know, Laura Savoy in her book, Trace, here's this African-American woman going around and trying to get a sense of her heritage. And my gosh, so much of it is buried, inaccessible, right? There is just no way of knowing some things, right? And, and then, you know, looking at your family and with adoption and everything else and then and, and redefining or defining differently, you know, what, what that means. Yeah, I think my parents very strongly with... Um the number of kids that were in and out of our house, our f f f sense of family was always changing of who was part of it. It was who was there, <laughs> is who family is. And even today, who who comes to Christmas? Uh, we do Christmas at our house here in Columbus, so it's with my family. And who comes is whose family. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's not always the same people every year. And... Um, and it's always been like that. And since my family's also multicultural in that um, I have an adopted sister who's um, biracial and a brother who's African-American, um, that's been a strong thing in my family, too. I'm, I mean, I remember in the 70s, being a young child, I probably was, you know, 8, 9, 10 years old watching Roots. And that being a strong then. Uh, a strong thing my parents wanted wanted all of us to see mm. roots and be part uh, and understand that part of history um, and then with uh, the adoption of my family too that that, that um, I mean my 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 grandparents uh, my dad's parents who were his adopted parents I mean they were my grandparents <laughs> the only grandparents I knew um, but there wasn't a sense of looking back to what cultural identity I mean they had been in the country for a long time so mm -hmm. I don't even know when mm -hmm. their family came over. Um, but I, I think you probably know more and asking questions of my grand, my, my maternal grandmother and other questions of family members probably know more now of what my ethnic heritage is. Sure, Because uh, sure. it is more based on, who, yeah, who is there at the moment and uh, honoring honoring everyone for who they are right now. So it's just very different, but it's, it's, one, it's wonderful. The, the differences are wonderful. Yeah, and I, I think there is some, some kind of overlap too. I mean, we both taught, we were both inner city school teachers, and I know that when I could share a folk tale with, um, you know, with my African-American students, a, a story that came from Africa or a story that had African-American roots, I would sometimes see them kind of light up with that, that they felt this connection. And even like you're talking about the, um, the Alex Haley uh, book and then TV series Roots, right, with LeVar mm -hmm. Burton and mm -hmm. Kunta Kinte. I mean, that's story, right? And that's mm -hmm. part of story history. Even though it may not be the particularity of a family story, that's a story. Just as a Slovak folktale or whatever, it doesn't have the particularity of my family. It, it, it's a story that is, in some ways, a continuation, and um, and 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 I've seen this also in schools where um, you know I might get up and tell a story, and 
Sometimes it's an Irish story, sometimes it's a Slovak tale, but it could be a tale from China or India or Japan or from Germany or from, you know, some, some anywhere in the world, right? And sometimes a student will say something to me like, oh, um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm Swedish or something. You know, I mean, I, I don't ever remember anyone saying that, oh, I'm Swedish, but just as an example, oh, I'm Swedish. Are there stories from there too? And I'll say, oh my gosh, yes. I know the story of the three wishes. It's very, that was very popular long ago in Sweden. And you can find those stories. If you go to, you know, 398.2 in the folktale section or Astro Librarian for Swedish folktales. And you'll see, I will visibly see that child light up. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then there's another element too of, I'm, I'm thinking of a, uh, a friend of our eldest daughters who, um, was adopted but was born in um, Central America but he grew up and, and he just had this great love of all things Japanese mm -hmm. he didn't have any Japanese within him but that was a culture that he just felt connected to and you know was interested in films and music and things from that culture so I think that we can we can both have that kind of that connection through our blood ancestors but you know, Thich Nhat Hanh, the Vietnamese Buddhist monk, he speaks of our blood ancestors, but also our our spirit ancestors, that that, that connection that we feel towards um, a particular people or peoples, you know. Right, and I'm also thinking like, um, you've really emphasized, um, my, sis, my sister is biracial and her mom was Irish and her dad African-American and she's never met either of them. I know she's felt very connected because you've talked to her about that and about Irish stories and having her connect. I mean, I think because in her everyday life, she maybe is perceived more as African-American, but sure. she is, she also has, she has both of those stories deep inside of her, both those cultures and those stories. And I know you've helped to honor that in her. And I, I think we, we actually know a lot of people who are, biracial that maybe have like Indian and Polish I think that yes, one of some yes. of our friends or Chinese Chinese and Polish I think other another uh, good friend who and to be able to honor many different um, that, many different cultures inside of you. That is I mean just in terms of a family we know where um, you know they come from India and they come from Poland ancestrally. You know, I, I just said to this kiddo within the last week, I was telling him a story about, oh yeah, here, I was making Slovak kolacze, and I was like, oh yeah, this is this is from our peeps, right? This is from this is from your Polish ancestors and my Slovak ancestors. And you know, we were joking about like, you know, now I know the other part of your heritage, the Indian heritage, you, you know, has this rich tradition of foods, but it's like, hey, you got this too. And and we were like joking and, and, and laughing about this and and it's interesting, I think, to, um, I think one of the, um, one of the beauties is to not enter, enter into a dualism, but to, but to have this appreciation, if, if you have it, which I do, to have this appreciation, if you do, of, you know, where you may come from ancestrally or your blood ancestors, but not to have a sense of superiority, not to have a sense of better than. I mean, you know, I love Japanese folktales. I've been to Korea, and oh my gosh, Korean culture, I'm so drawn towards. And yet, at the same time, this Irishness and this, this Slovakness is, uh, is so deep within me as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, um, 
again, um, it all relates to story. Uh, I will ring the bell again, invite us to presence, and Ollie will read the closing. Are there particular lands or peoples that you feel connected to? Perhaps they're part of your family, ethnic, or racial heritage. Perhaps it's not a blood connection, but you simply feel a great affinity or synergy with, with a specific place or people. Many dedicated folklorists and collectors devoted their lives to preserving and recording ancient tales. These collections are available. The collectors have done the difficult work of gathering these treasures, these gems and jewels, and they have gathered these treasures that they might be shared, that these stories might continue to entertain and inform and challenge and inspire. At this moment in history, you have an absurd and incredible opportunity. You can go to the folktale section of your library or online and soak in the treasure wealth of stories from the cultures and peoples with whom you are connected. You have this opportunity. You have this choice. I'm Michael Malley, and you've been listening to the Mindful Storyteller.